You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Let's, let's go. <laughs> the subtitle of this show is Indulges Tangents, so I don't Yeah, know. so you okay? So you're... I don't know. So I don't, we, I don't we know what I can do. I, <laughs> okay. can't, I can't help there. I'm I'll honest. try my best. I'll do I'm my not... best. <laughs> honest and straightforward. Okay. Uh, this is this is Ken Vellante, and this is the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And I'm super excited um, to introduce... Uh, Rebecca Mills. Before I start going on, Rebecca, I just wanted to say hi and welcome hey. uh, to the show. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to see you too. Thank you. This is yeah. Great. Thank you for inviting me again. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 nice to it's nice to um to be able to connect with you out here um out here in uh, Oregon, which actually some wild weather. Hopefully nothing interrupts us. Yeah, up to sixty five hour mile per hour wind gust today. oh wow so it's oh. it's wild but it's as are you in the mountains no nah, just on regular old land but it's whipping wow. through yeah so and uh we're reaching rebecca from uh the great state of uh new york and um really excited i've counted your art on the ultra plastic galaxy uh website that you have and you on instagram honeydew milkshake and we'll make sure everybody gets those tags and such but um one of the things i wanted to ask you uh rebecca starting off our conversation is um when did you see yourself uh you know as an artist when when did you start walking around and being and people like that's the artist or you saying out loud like yeah that's me what when did that happen do you know when that happened yeah so that pretty much that happened when i was a teenager because I, my first job was at an art center. And so like before I even started really working there, um, I was in a program that like when, you know, when you're able to work, it was really for like 14, like 13, 14, 14 year olds, 15 year olds. Like when you're able to work, how do you apply to a job? How do you write a resume? What do you wear to your interview? Like it taught us all of these things. And then when I completed the program, they gave us a list of places to apply to and they would help us get a job or help us get an internship. So out of the list of everything, it was like all types of stuff that didn't sound interesting to me. But when I saw that there was an art center, I was like, oh, an art center sounds cool. And at the time, I didn't really know anything about art. Sure. (laughs) But like I knew art was a subject that I was stronger in. And so I was like, you know, let me try this out. And so when I first started working there and being surrounded by art and being like meeting artists and seeing like what goes into putting a exhibit together or running a center or classes, things of that nature, I was like, wow, I can really see myself doing this. And so from there, I kept pursuing art. And then I would say like, because I, I studied painting and creative writing in college. So I would say like, it was after I graduated that I was like, no, I really, really am an artist. Like there's nothing else that I could really do with myself or see myself as, you know, like right now I work at, um, I work as a supervisor at Whole Foods. And even though that has nothing really to do with the art world, it's like, I'm working a career that is kind of 
it's paying my bills, but it's also like not making me bring work home with me. So I'm able yeah. to leave work and be like, wow, okay, let me focus on my art and let me think about what it is I want to do. So that's where I'm at, you know, yeah. like, it, this is like my life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like that. I, um, I talk to artists a lot of times because it's an interesting question because I, th- you know, sometimes I ask it as if it's a choice or something. I think I've asked it long enough and just being like, you know, when did you see yourself become the artist? Because one of the things I've discovered in talking to artists is that it's in that uh, announcement, in that behavior, in that in in that term that people are like, OK, now I can, I don't know, maybe do more or maybe have more freedom to express myself because um, yeah. um, this is how I interact with the world as part of my identity. So, yeah, and I relate to that, too, because I I love the expressive side of life you know and i feel like with so many other types of things there's not much room to be individual thinking or rather creative thinking and so with studying the arts specifically you know visual arts and creative writing it has allowed me to take my worldview and put it into something that I think I can share with people. And so I, I mean, it's interesting your philosophy because I love reading philosophy and thinking philosophically and I love history and science and things like that. But it's like, I wouldn't necessarily say like, okay, I'm going to be a biochemist or like, I'm going to write this philosophical book, but I can take all of this subject matter and compile it into my art and filter it in ways where it's very, it's very serious and you can be contemplated over the work or you can appreciate the beauty of it. You know, like it, it gives that creativity to what's serious in this world, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to jump in on that too, because that's actually what my mind was thinking. Cause we were talking about like seeing yourself as an artist. And then you were talking about like that uh, expression with your paintings. I want to jump into that because like, for me, one of the things that I think is really cool is, um, you know, on the show with the big questions, you know, philosophy and all that, I think of science as well. And I think of outer space immediately, like, you know, yes. so, um, and, and I see, I see that that's, that's in yours because, um, I've had a couple scientists come on the show and it's like the something rather than nothing or why are we doing all these big things? But I wanted to get into, into your painting in that, in, in that outer space in, in that type of world. Let's talk about that world. Yeah. Um, in, in outer space. Well, you had me at the, the mermaids that were in outer space. Like I, I was, uh, you had me then, but t- tell us about, you're talking about putting it into your art and, and talking about those things and seeing them and contemplating. Let's get into those paintings. Tell me what you're doing with those in the, in that world uh, you yeah. create. Yeah. So let's, let me just start with um, why I use outer space to begin with. Yeah. So sun, do you know who Sun Ra is? The musician? Sure do. Yeah. So Sun Ra, Sun Ra, um, I discovered him when I went to go see this exhibit at the Studio Museum in Harlem, like many, many years ago, I think it was like 2013 or something. I like, I can't remember, but it was amazing the type of art that was created as a result of his music. And I was like, who is this person? Like this art is great. Who is this person? So when I started looking more and more into Sun Ra and thinking about 
space, outer space being this endless landscape of endless infinite possibilities, then that's when I expanded my view entirely and rethinking or repositioning myself, not just on this earth, but in existence overall. So I started there and really thinking about um, not just the material nature, but the transcendence of material nature, because in order for us to even explore space, we have to think of outer space in transcendental aspects. So even though science doesn't necessarily think of transcendentalism, science is thinking empirically. But my thing is we have to use these special tools in order to see what is otherwise invisible to the eye. And even though scientists won't call that transcendence, um, that's what it really comes down to, even to the atomic scale. We can't see atoms, but even to the atomic scale, like what is powering an atom? What is behind all of these things? So that is always a looming thing that's on my mind. And I was raised Christian. I, I converted to being a Vaishnava. And if you don't know what Vaishnava is, Vaishnava is a form of Hinduism, specifically people who um, worship Krishna as the supreme person. So um, when you're Vaishnava, you have an understanding of the universe on an atomic scale or on a massive scale, but ultimately in a transcendental lens. And um, But even before I converted to Vaishnava, I still had this very spiritual and transcendental view of the world entirely. So yeah. I'm applying this to outer space. <clears throat> and another thing to think of with Sun Ra is... Um, Another thing to think of with Sun Ra is his emphasis of there's other worlds out there. Like there's black people in the future. Like there's always been black people, but like there's diversity. You know, it's not just white people that are going to be the ones to be able to explore yeah. space. It's anybody that has the ambition to it. And so that was another emphasis for me is to say like, we are like, we as like, human beings like citizens of this world we're capable of thinking beyond this world and this is how you can do it so that's like that's a premise to a lot of the work that i'm doing so then um i started to develop my landscape by situating it in the ultra plastic galaxy so plastic and and arts um, it comes from plasticity and the capability to transform things. So this is a term that is used in surrealism. So for instance, like the best example that everyone can understand is Salvador Dali and how he melted the clock. And that in itself is a plastic use of art is taking things that we understand and transforming it or even the human body, like how is the human body formable? and how I can contort it and do different things with it in art, or taking an idea and making it plastic by say, like for instance, the mermaids, right? So the mermaids are actually based off of the transatlantic slave trade. And what it is is that I saw the painting by um, Turner where it was his slave ship painting. And that influenced me by me thinking like, wow, like this is something, This is these are historic events that happened, but we're not necessarily always talking about 
like the actual passage, you know, what was happening in that passage. And there are, I mean, there are plenty of like topics around it. There's art around it, but it's like, how can we heal from it? How can we think about what happened to those people? Like transformation or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so that's where my, that's where these paintings come from is the transformation of the people. So I'm not thinking of this in a painful way. This is me actually healing by saying um, our ancestors, the people like me who are of African descent, our ancestors, um, a part of religious belief and spiritual belief for them was knowing that there is an afterlife and how do we transgress that afterlife? That was based off of your mentality. So what would happen is like there were, there were, and still are like, you know, if you look at voodoo, like voodoo is something that was um, created or formed rather uh when enslaved people came to the United States. Or the the conjure as well, right? Yeah, like these type of things. Like they came, like, you know, it's a a combination of different religious beliefs that were kind of commagulated together because of enslavement and they wanted to hold on to that historic past. But you can see that there's very elaborate rituals for when a person passes away so that they can help transgress the spiritual world on their own. But without these rituals, how do they still get to that place? So my thing was when they entered the water, they were able to transform their bodies to survive in the water, but they don't live in this realm. They live in another world. So another, like one way to think of it is like there was a portal that was opened or created for them so that they can enter to another world into this ultra plastic galaxy and become these beautiful deep sea mermaids. Well, they're kind of grotesque looking, but for me, grotesque is also beautiful. So they're these very beautiful mermaids that live in the deep sea or sometimes come above the waters or, you know, like have all these interesting things. They create their own light by bioluminescence and things of that nature. But then also water itself, like, you know, how water, has such a history because of the transatlantic slave trade so water plays water itself plays a role in my work so sometimes i'll paint bodies of water thinking about how we need water to survive um thinking about like that slave trade or even just thinking about how water um you know the causal ocean or um how water plays a role in hinduism so you know connecting all of these things that otherwise seem like very disconnected but how water connects everything like literally water connects everyone on this planet because most of this planet is water also we need water to survive and currently we're destroying our water systems by pollution and so like it's important to think about water (laughs) you know like we need this so that that's that's where you know that that specific topic comes from um in my art and it is a major it is a major topic um but then i expand on into um other series so i will paint landscapes or it's not really lands but it's universe scapes i'll paint images of the universe and think about how with our technology 
um, we're measuring the universe using light <clears throat> and how light, tra- how light travels through our universe. So when it comes to measurement of space, if you look at an image of, if you look at an image of like, you know, different universes or thousands of stars, it's actually red means further away and blue means closer when it comes to measuring. So knowing that I, you know, try to um, situate the paintings in a reverse color theory um, or even like thinking about temperature, how the lighter the color, the hotter it is, and the darker the color, the cooler it is. And so yeah. it's a lot of opposites that are kind of happening. And so um, I'm exploring color theory through the universe. And in a way, these are also very transcendental because when we look up at the night sky, we're not seeing these. We're seeing stars that are looking blue and bright. And then, you know, it'll be like a nice midnight blue with some different shades of colors. But I can't see with my own eyes all of these things that this very expensive technology that we have is recording it. Yeah. Um, so the these things are playing a role. And then I do a lot of research on indigenous groups from around the world. So for instance, like the tribal groups of the Americas or the tribal groups of like West or South Africa um, and specifically Vedic culture in India. Um, Sometimes I look at like some European, but I really try to focus on the cultures that are underrepresented and um, like relate back to the subject matter that I'm doing where they these civilizations looked at the universe and recorded it scientifically and were able to tell time by looking at the stars or like you know had explanations for how the universe was created specifically Vedic culture has extensive explanations for how the universe is created and so I have art um where it's seemingly abstract at first, but the more I speak about it, it's talking about that. Um, it's talking about the the matter being formed from life. So um, one thing that is heavily emphasized in Vaishnava, um, Vaishnava culture or Vaishnava philosophy or science is that matter can't create matter. It has to be life that creates matter. So it was something that existed before that started to formulate all these things in order for us to have a physical material universe. And that's what powers it. So the atom didn't exist first. The atom is the result of something existing already. So these are, these are very complicated things but I try to make it tangible by putting it into works of art. And I know that the mermaids like seems like a far off topic now. Cause it's like, wait, now we're talking about atoms. But for me, this is all relative because it's about transformation. It's about transcendentalism. And it's about how um, I'm thinking of how West specifically West Africans, because that's where a lot of enslaved people come from, how, yeah these cultures have these topics already in their philosophies and cultures. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the relation the, the of question, it all. Yeah. The questions have been uh, considered because you haven't encountered it and it could be deeply embedded in. Hey, I haven't had a guest in quite a long time. I think answer the question, why is there something rather than nothing without me asking it? I think that's in there. I'll ask it again yeah, too so yeah. you can get it. Yeah, we'll keep and, talking. <laughs> any, anything that you missed. Um, no, I, 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 I am deeply uh, intrigued by, by, by a lot of what you had to say. And one cool thing I, I heard early on was the Sun Ra. You know, I had a – you know, I studied – philosophy formally and it was like i, I guess there's a little anecdote i had a, a friend of mine who was uh, a jazz and music guy now he was studying his phd with philosophy at the same time but i swear like i'd be at a party or i see him socially somebody pull me aside he's like ken sun ra yes you just you just gotta listen to sun ra like it. i'm i'm like <laughs> Studying Nietzsche and Kierkegaard it. and Aquinas. He's like, Sun Ra. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there was some. Um, so I I can't miss asking this question, uh, placing Sun Ra, uh, you know, yeah. it, 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 in the forefront here of the conversation. Tell me about what you said about the, the art that comes out of Sun Ra and the music yeah. and what he had to say. What What's all that about? Like what comes out yeah. of that? Yeah, so what comes out of Sun Ra is literally why I started making art based in the universe. So first off, his compositions are very complicated and it's very difficult for people to casually sit and listen to because it's not meant for that. His music is meant for people to it's meant for people to reach a higher spiritual vibration. So that's something that Sun Ra has emphasized in a lot of his interviews is that he creates music for the soul. He creates music for the for the body, the mind, the soul, and the spirit. So that in itself is he's creating transcendental music. He also creates music based off of the sounds of outer space. So if you ever listen to, first off, NASA has a SoundCloud. I don't know if you knew this, but NASA has I... a <laughs> I'm interested in space sounds, but I didn't know they had a SoundCloud. They have have a SoundCloud. So if you listen to NASA's SoundCloud, NASA has recordings from planets and how planets communicate with each other. So that's essentially gravity is, let's say you have Jupiter. Jupiter is sending signals to all of the different moons around it in order for them to maintain that gravitational pull. And so if you listen to those sounds being transmitted to one another, it's very much on par with the type of music that Sun Ra makes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wait a second. So but but in a certain sense, like holding that right there, he was yeah. like this like a uh, telescopic receiver for some yeah. of this. And somehow with that connection. He definitely was. And then another another very important thing to understand is Sun Ra has and this has been recorded in many different books but that like speak about his life history but um sun ra was abducted by aliens and in that abduction he spoke to what he says is the creator of the universe and received a lot of information on how to help people but also received a lot of information on how to make the music that he does. So when he came back to Earth, he realized he's not from this Earth. He's from Saturn. And that's why he that's why he like said he's he's Saturn. He also said he's an angel. 
And it's very important to know that Sun Ra was a very religious person. So he understood the transcendental nature of what he was doing and purposely did his best to help people. So he finds his music healing. And I find that I want my art to be like that, where it's healing to look at because it's beautiful. Like ultimately, whether you understand what I'm doing or not, I just want, I mainly want people to appreciate the beauty of it. That's why I use like glitter, these reflective materials. And if you look at Sun Ra's costumes, when he performed, they wore these very beautiful, glittery, shiny, yeah. astrological looking, like cosmic yeah. looking. And so that influences the visual nature of my art. Another thing with Sun Ra is how to, how to reject the westernized understanding of outer space in itself. Because he knew, because he was in outer space, he knew that there's ways to travel in outer space. But we prevent ourselves from being able to do it because we're not thinking of outer space in a spiritual way. We're thinking in outer space in a greedy way. So we're not able to actually get there to achieve that traveling because we're too fixated on trying to colonize everything. But if yeah. we rethink how we want to travel outer space, we'll be able to travel it better because we are being prevented from accessing that information. And it's important to understand that because there are there are other living beings out there. There are, there are higher powers out there and we, they force us into staying on this earth until we're able to be intelligent enough to leave it. And we're currently not intelligent enough to be able to travel anywhere because of how we utilize our current resources. And so this actually goes into veganism. That was one of the questions. Yeah, you I was going to like, we haven't rehearsed audience. We haven't rehearsed at all, but like I have my notes here and uh, the, 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 the question, I knew I just asked it a different way, but the question, why vegan? I, uh, Rebecca, I've been a vegan since, um, I've been a vegan since 1995. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, I was a vegetarian. Uh, one of those kind of strange, everybody has their story, but I was a vegetarian. I think meat eater, I was a vegetarian for about a week and a half, two weeks. And I actually had finished um, a, the very influential book, Animal Liberation uh, by oh. Peter by Peter Singer. Oh, which, I got to read that. Yeah, which deeply impacted me. Um and uh, so, yeah, so then 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 I was vegan. I want to say something um, comes up on the show, but it's not primary as important it is to me. Uh, I know you've been active in this year and I know in you talking about uh, your paintings and talking about water and talking about our resources, this is embedded in our conversations. So so tell me. T tell me how that's embedded in your life. The wh Why vegan and connected to the art, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So veganism is connected to my art because we have this one planet, you know, like it has everything we need and we actually don't need to go anywhere else. Cause if you look at the other planets, they are like terrible landscapes. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I know like I'm always looking at images of planets, so I don't know like 
how much people know about other planets, but like Jupiter is terrible. Like it's horrifying. Like there's constant storms. There's different temperatures. There's no way we could survive on a planet like that. Mercury is hot. We would (laughs) burn. (laughs) We would burn before we even got there. Like we would just set on fire before we even got there. So it's like, we don't actually need to look at any other planet. We can just stay on this one, but we are destroying it for the sake of raising cheap beef, you know? And another thing is we're destroying it. We're not only we're destroying like the actual land itself, we're destroying water by our mass industrial animal um, farming animal factor farming this destroys our water this destroys our ecosystem it takes away biodiversity because they're cutting down trees and getting rid of so much so much habitable land for the sake of factory farming so it's important to think like about that first and then to think like once we let animals go extinct we can't get them back. (laughs) Like we are incapable. We don't like, we can't even produce seeds. Like we can't invent seeds. Once the seeds are gone, that's it. Once that grass is gone, that's it. Once the soil is destroyed, it is, it takes so long for us to be able to restore it. So we do these things very irresponsibly and we're destroying this one planet that we have. And so I emphasize veganism because we should think twice about why we're eating the food that we eat and how it destroys the planet that we're on. We have a pollution crisis going on and it's actually less about cars and more about factory farming. It's factory farming that is causing the most pollution on this planet for the air, for the environment, for everything. And if we stopped factory farming, if we cut down, if we closed down slaughterhouses, and if we focused more on wholesome food, we would actually be in a much better place. Another thing is we're losing out on nutrient-dense foods by factory farming because people think eating meat is more important than having nutrient-dense vegetables. And so people aren't getting what they really need from their food. And we actually have to eat more veg. Like we actually have to eat either more vegetables or like specifically go to certain grocery stores where they, they care about the wholesomeness of the food. Otherwise you're not actually getting the nutrients that you need. These things are important for life. And so I emphasize veganism in my art because it's like, what are we going to do when everything's gone? We're on this planet. Where are we going to go? <laughs> Where are we going? Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, like it, this is an existential crisis. So th- in, in my way of dealing with this existential crisis is to be a vegan activist. And I do have some paintings. They're not on my website, but I do have some paintings of, like, God like different gods crying or like a god coming down and bringing animals to us because we can't get animals from anywhere else. Like it's, it's important. Like one, like, again, I just want to say once an animal goes extinct, where are we going to get that animal from? Right? Like we have tigers that are dying. We have lions that are dying. We have elephants that are dying. 
there are hundreds of animals that go extinct every single year. And it's like these animals cannot be brought back and they die, they go extinct because of greed and because of pollution and because of destroying the biodiversity of this earth. So we need to focus more on, on revitalizing and restoring what is already here. And specifically cow protection, because cows are the most abused of all. Like, yeah. the, this is also why I'm vegan. And like, because dairy farming alone, like they take away the calf once the cow gives birth and that causes distress to the cow like animals are sentient beings they are aware of what's happening like anyone i mean any mother giving birth is going to be depressed once you take her baby away and like not only that they forced her like they forced inseminated her and now they're taking away her baby and causing her distress and leaving her in cramped conditions so it's like we need to think more about how to protect these cows i mean again i'm vashnava like it's well known indian hindu culture cares deeply about the cows essentially the cow is our mother if you drink her milk then she's your mother if you don't drink her milk you can at least appreciate her but if you're drinking her milk that's your mother you want to treat your mother like that are you going to eat your mother no so then you treat her like that you protect her you give them living you give them better living environments you let her stay with her calf let them be free and happy you can have happy cows and still drink their milk it's fine. But if you're abusing them and forcing them to do all these things, then you're not helping them. So with all that said, this, this plays in a role in my art also because I, <clears throat> like I said before, like, you know, there's themes of water. There's some, there's some paintings that I've made of animals, but ultimately like, you know, it's, it's, also beyond just the paintings itself it's it's the life that goes along with me and that's why on my website i have the vegan living part because it's like this goes into thinking about living on this planet and yeah. knowing that there are other worlds out there but also we're here and we can protect this one yeah i i um i appreciate your comments and 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 i think i've i've, I've found my thinking just recently with the more consciousness of seeing the severity of the, the the crisis environmental crisis and and for me for a long time knowing um i think a lot about water and runoff pollution and the concentration of waste in just abnormal extremely abnormal conditions for living beings that's the thing that i think i've, I've right. reacted to uh over time in I've I've felt that uh, as things are right now, that compared to when I was younger, the the situations changed in my brain for this is that doing what we're doing is actually not an option anymore. It's it's is not only is it not sustainable, it's not a viable option on the scale that we do it as a model. And I think that's yeah. borne out by what, what we've seen. And uh, so that's the piece where it kind of changes the debate a little bit. Like if, if something moves to the point of a production model and that what's happening to animals moves to the point where that's an, it's, you can't 
conduct yourself and behave this way anymore, then it becomes a different discussion or non-discussion or something right. when it comes to when it comes to the activism. And I and I yeah. think that's where I think that's where vegans or activists, environmental activists get what they have. And then on the outside where people aren't as intimately connected to these things, they're like, stop yelling about, you know, stop yelling about the environment and the cows. I just want to eat. And it's like, well, that's, that's a problem. That, that's, <laughs> you do that eating a lot and the impact <laughs> of what you eat. And, exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I really appreciate your comments too about, thinking about in and uh, embedding it. And again, the, I want to say metaphor, but just the, the image and your use of water that really stuck in my head and then seeing yeah. that right now and thinking about that um, in your paintings. Uh, out of curiosity uh, too, as far as uh, um, I, I did see that you do do some activist uh, work uh, with, with, with vegan, some more, you know, uh, and, and, um, I wanted to ask you within that too, uh, I think you mentioned using art, uh, I, I think in terms of this, so I'm a labor guy, labor union guy, I think about what art does to rattle, transform, disrupt. Um, what does art do for you when you're talking about the vegan, the vegan stuff? Like, like, how do you use that activist? I'm thinking, um, Let's see. I, it's, it's kind of hard because I've been trying to find ways to make it more apparent in my work. Like I know the water is subtle. Like that is a subtle thing in so many ways because there's so many conversations around the water itself. But I, I, that's something that I was looking forward to doing for next year is paint, like heavily emphasizing more and more about how animals are like you know again once they go extinct we can't get them back or like you know the abuse that's something that I wanted to explore more by um, incorporating deities in my work and showing the divine nature of living beings and um, you know the fact that they're sentient they have emotions they have thoughts they have societies and cultures it's not as complex as human beings but this, these are scientific things that have been proven that cows have best friends and cows have emotions and their moods, like, you know, just like cats or dogs, like depending on the octave, depending on the expression, like they're speaking, you know, and we have to think about these things that yeah. they, they're doing it on a different level than us. I have had, um, so like I've, um, I've made like little postcards and things like this, but I really want to like focus on a body of work that emphasizes this. I already have like some paintings doing this, but I want to like create more of a body of work emphasizing it to go with those paintings. Um, so that that's a goal. The veganism yeah. is more of a goal, like pushing more towards that. But, you know, to start out with, that's why I made a section on my website. I've like tried to get more involved with like face to face activism but because I'm such a busy person I'm just like okay let me find different ways to do it you know and everybody does it different as a matter of fact I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a loud mouth but okay. when it comes to the the vegan stuff I'm not seen as that for me it's always been this is what I do 
I'll talk about and I'll say what I believe. Right. Um, but it's just like an area where you can ask me about it and it's the thing that I do. And everybody has a different dynamic, um, you know, in, in within that. Uh, Rebecca, I wanted to ask you, we're speaking with Rebecca Mills, artist, uh, teacher, uh, Sun Ra fan, and <laughs> everybody go Go dig into some sunrise. I think that's the message so we, we we got we got so far. But um, Rebecca, uh, art's super important to you. What is art? Why do art? You, yeah, what is art? Yeah, so art for me is when an, a person makes the conscious decision to transform an object or to transform a thought or a concept into something that is s- tangible enough for a person to receive it. So. For instance, I'm a I'm mainly a painter, so I'm transforming the stretcher bars, the canvas, the oil paint into a tangible object for you to receive it. Most recently, I had a book made, so I wrote a book of poems. Um, the poems were dedicated, are dedicated to Krishna and um, their love poems, and for me, the words are also art. And then I made a painting for the cover that is also like a work of art. So I'm transforming all of these different materials into something tangible, which is a book. And that in itself is a work of art. I mean, I also think of Marcel Duchamp, how he would take objects (laughs) and reconfigure them so that we can think about what are these objects to us. And so that's also a way to think about what art means to me is you know, like it can be anything, but I'm recontextualizing something so that you can understand it from this perspective. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think I, I really connected to you, the, the terms you use in describing your thinking of um, transcendence, transformation, you know, that it's holding these <clears throat> elements, but it's the artist like repositioning and, and, and reshaping um that that i enjoy and that display I, I adore painting and so i think you can see your universe that you're talking about you know in 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 the paintings uh, yeah that that you have is art now more important than it has been like you get these you know we come out of the pandemic we talked about the environment i could go on endlessly about uh political behavior as seen for me in the united states of america and worldwide like, so then you got art and like, is art more important than ever? Like right now to like, I don't know, help. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think art is always important. And I think that because the arts keep getting defunded, yes, it is more important than ever because people need to understand if you keep defunding this, you're going to have a bunch of very depressed miserable people who will not be able to like see the world will not be able to understand it and this is like me coming for as an art teacher you know like I have taught in schools I've done things but a lot of the reason why I don't get to do that as much is because the programs I was teaching got defunded or like the the organizations I was working for like didn't need me anymore or like they can't find a way to like make it validated enough to 
justify why they have an art teacher here. So it's like, you know, yeah, and the that's casual just like, nature, yeah. <laughs> the casual nature of like the work relationship when it comes to educated people and smart people like yourself, there's a casual relationship within the academics as well. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, yeah, it, it's, I think specific, specifically in academia, like how can you expect well-rounded adults if they're not actually well-rounded, if you just have them in a very narrow perspective of what is relevant, you know? Like yeah. if you're saying only math, science, and specifically U.S. history, and like limited U.S. history is oh, important. God. You know? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, version two. Let's, right? uh, Rebecca, yeah, and, let's... Rebecca and I are going to talk about the version of... <laughs> American history. That's a whole oh other thing. But sure. That's a whole other thing. But sure. if you're saying if you're saying only this is important, then it actually makes it much, much harder for the people who want to beautify the world. You know, like how can you even have architecture if people don't know that they can artistically create a house or you know, even industrial design, like how can you do any of these things if these if you're not teaching people, you know, design itself even if you like you know for instance like the met i don't know if you've been to the met before but the met i is haven't like, been to the met before no yeah I, well you know it's a well-known place it's massive and it hosts a wide variety of things but they have they have a whole section dedicated to design where it's like chairs um furniture clocks things like that and it's important to know that these objects can also be seen as art if it's designed in a way like what attracts people, you know, beauty attracts people. How yeah. can people understand beauty if you're not giving them the foundation or if you're not giving them the knowledge or history of what has been and what could be, you know, you're not giving people that space. I mean, for instance, when I was teaching as an adjunct, and again, that's another program where it's like, who knows when I'll be teaching it again, because the school is like, you know, there's so many complicated things with it. But when I was teaching as an adjunct, none of my students were like majoring in art because it wasn't specifically a class. It wasn't a school specifically dedicated to art. They had my course as an elective. So all of them were either like studying culinary arts or studying business or studying all these things. They come in my class and they're learning something different. And for them, it was therapeutic. And that should be emphasized enough. Like giving people a therapeutic outlet yeah. is so important because then you have less people that are like lashing out or less people like finding way, you know, like abusive ways to handle their problems, you know? Sure. Like, so even just giving people that much is important, especially after the pandemic. It's like you have people who severely are depressed because they were trapped inside, lost their job or lost this or lost that, maybe even got sick and like that. Physiologically, it could be simple. If, right. Uh, an outcropping of physiological changes due to disease. Yep. Exactly. And it's like yep. if you give people a creative outlet, if you tell people like it doesn't have to look like a perfect thing, like it can be this it can be that if people are able to comprehend this if people are able to use their hands and do skill building with their hands and understand that art can be 
anything as long as you have someone guiding you or, you know, you have something that you can look at and be inspired by or, you know, even like people knowing that you can go to a museum and not know anything about what's there. You can enjoy it because you were trained to look at it. Like these types of things matter so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it can have that impact. And I think I, I, I think there's a lot. <laughs> underneath what you what you're saying when you're describing you know, the, the the painting as far as what you can see but also what's underneath and what's embedded within the meaning and I think that's what's fun to um what's what's fun to explore um those elements not just to pick it apart but to maybe understand it more with um with the representations I know like art feels like I think the answer like on the role of art a lot of times is like in the back of my head, it's like human beings born into the earth and the sky is always going to collapse. Like, like there's something, you know, that, that there's going to be God's wrath or, I mean, it, it just seems like we have this kind of, so I think about, you know, is the situation different now than it has been? I think it fundamentally is. I think yeah. it fundamentally is different, like right now on the question of habitability, like you said. And I think in response to that, I think, um, art can be a helpful place to look for as, as far as, you know, whether it's transcending or, or counteracting that or shit, understanding it. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, like that picture, yes. like said it to me and I'm talking and talking, can't explain it, but that picture. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even for myself, like, so I have, um, I am, I like meditate. I've done a lot of yogic practices. So I have done yogic practices, which opened up myself. And so I've had, I've had astral projection experiences. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it's like I accepted insanity to see this because it's like, there are things that have opened or like it shown itself to me that it's like, how could I like, explain this to anybody i'm like i feel yeah. like a crazy person i'm like am i schizophrenic but it's like no this is like a part of being a very spiritual transcendental person sure. so one way for me to kind of channel that has been through painting and writing and and expressing this ecstasy that i have experienced because that's really what it comes down to it's like i have this ecstasy of the soul or ecstasy of the spirit and i can transform it into my art so I do actually have some, I have a body of work too, based off of astral projection, based off of these like very type of seemingly um, psychedelic experiences. And that for me is also like an outlet. And I think for, to be able to create s such things is the therapy in itself is like the, this beautiful outlet. And I think, to be able to express that too to people like I don't I don't suffer from mental health issues but I think for people who do have mental health issues if they're able to see art like this and know that it's coming from a place from somebody who has like very introspective very like spiritual things it's like oh wow like I can I can kind of understand my own mental landscape yeah. too you know yeah. and because a lot of thing, a lot of times, like people who don't know much about art, 
they think that like art has to be a certain way or because you know they're not exposed to much of it so like they think art has to be a certain way or all art has to be realistic or like you know they're intimidated by abstract expressionism or like you know they don't know what real art is so it's like I think you know making this and I I say psychedelic because there's no other way to describe it but making this like very psychedelic yeah like making this very psychedelic kind of art you know, it could give them a a way to say like, wow, there's something that relates to me, you know, something that relates to like my mind. And that that's also important. Like, you know, they can see and know without knowing, you know? Yeah. I, um, I, uh, wanted to mention too, is I didn't want to forget uh, about, uh, your, your reference to a lot of the knowledge and wisdom within indigenous cultures around like that you had mentioned and and that you looked at. And I just wanted to just to mention like on the show, my own personal, uh, deep experience of learning, uh, with indigenous guests I've had, I've had, uh, guests from over 16 indigenous nations, um, on, on the show. And I found that one of the, one of the greatest things that would happen for me was a, fundamental questioning of reality in terms that we use to understand what's around now as a philosopher i felt i've always done that but i think i've done that in a very western colonial way not even realizing just the inertia of what you encounter and i believe there's a kind of like a radical beautiful transformation i've experienced of questioning being like what do i need to see what is being presented what fact that I lazily take to be the case that is yeah. not only questionable, it's a hundred percent false dealing with that. Right. And, 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 and so I appreciate you bringing out on um, the, your experience of what you've learned and think about to come through in your art. Cause it, I don't, that's why it's good to talk about her. I think yeah, sometimes and too, I, you I know? appreciate that too. Cause I actually, um, my interest in philosophy started with taking a metaphysics class yeah, and it wasn't at all what I thought it would be. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you guys are doing everything to prove God is not real. This is not what I was expecting. <laughs> and so that, that was interesting. Cause I'm like, okay, this yeah. is very different than, you know, if I were to learn about African philosophy, cause African philosophy, it's talking about how we understand the transcendental nature of the world. And, it's not an emphasis on empirical nature. It's not an emphasis on like saying, sure. you know, all these things. And so I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. And so like, I, I at least have had the privilege to kind of understand both. Um, and I think it is, I think it is important to have both sides. Like even though Westernization in Westernized philosophy is very harmful to indigenous people because, you know, it's, more of an emphasis of conquering nature rather than understanding we are non-different than this nature. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it is kind of important to understand both because then it helps give more on my end for me personally, it gives me compassion for people who think a certain way. And it's like, okay, I can kind of understand why you think this way, but realize that this is also why these people think this way and you know it's your perspective and that's why i heavily am against empiric empiricalism because 
empiricalism is like what if that is your perspective like this is your perspective and you're writing about it what's empirical to you is completely different than what's empirical to me because that's where my these psychedelic paintings come from because it's like this was empirical for me because i saw this but i can't prove it otherwise other than painting this so and that's the same thing with indigenous people like they see their spirits they see the spirits that govern their cultures they see these gods and that's why they create the that's why they create the um statues or that's why they create costumes based on that's why they harness this nature because they know that this is real because they have seen it this is the same thing in um you know with with in india with hindu deities like there's hundreds of different deities and so it's called darshan when you go to see the the deity so you'll see that there's these beautiful elaborate images of these deities and it's you know from a westernized lens it's seen as mythology but it's like no but you if you worship the deity enough they present themselves to you because i have i myself have seen deities because of worship so it's like you know western philosophy will make spiritual people who are concerned with transcendental topics feel schizophrenic but it's like no schizophrenia is a real serious disorder like psychosis these are real serious disorders. this is sure. not psychosis this is the transcendence of this material world and it's important to keep it as a validated topic so it, it i think it's nice that you've been able to talk with people who are directly from these cultures because then they're able to speak about what it is that is what it is that they are representing you know and help them validate themselves by saying it. well in the very the very very deep diverse i mean part of the show in in the sense is 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 to engage in the different perspectives and in, in the variety but even within indigenous cultures radical i mean things that american generally americans don't think about the radical differences in culture uh, right. approach to you know, a land, land stewardship and, you know, all these different, uh, all these differences, but I think in coming in contact with them and through art is a way to be like, you can, I've always, I just think that art is a way to get at these things, these complicated interactions that there's no way in hell you can get into that complicated interaction with a stranger or that there's no place to debate or discuss. So I think it's like, the the exposure in 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 the contact and just be like what is it that we see in 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 here and do and what we can take in as a philosopher that's the piece that that's the the basis i there's people you know this in human beings like this or philosophers what is it that i want to believe and reinforce whether i've thought about it or not or dad or mom said it and what it is do i want to go in to truly explore what is art or right. why we're doing anything that we're, we're doing truly. And right. anyways, you're fun. You're, you're fun to play with Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, we were talking about the, the, the role of art. I wanted to, to say it. I was joking kind of, um, you're something rather than nothing uh answer like i said i think we've done the show on something yeah. rather than nothing but I, I i don't i don't want to uh 
I do want to place that uh, question out there, which is speaking of traditional Western questions. People say I ask it the wrong way. It should be, how is there something rather than nothing or and I, I'm from the Buddhist perspective. I know nothing to mean a particular thing that uh, that yeah. others, or it might mean within Indian philosophy. But yeah. if you missed anything on why is there something rather than nothing, tell us. Um, so there's something rather than nothing because even when this whole world is destroyed and there's nothing that can be seen, even when all the people are gone there's always going to be something beyond this world. And it's important to think of what is beyond this world because that's where life comes from. So for me, that is what the something rather than nothing is. That's what we call God. That's what we call the, not just the universe because it's beyond the universe. That is transcendentalism itself. So that's something for me is Krishna, but we call that Krishna so many different names. So there's always something rather than nothing, no matter what. And, if that's always emphasized to people that you know, like you're here, even if you're just yourself and you have like what you think of as nothing, you know, you can be homeless on the street. You have something because you're alive and that life is something just like with the cows, you know, like the cow has their life and that is something. And the soil has life. That is something. The grass has life. That is something. The water has life. That is something. So there's always something rather than nothing. And that is the best way to look at the world. That's the best way to look at the universe. Like, you know, we look at, you can look at images of outer space and it's like there, it feels like there's nothing out there because it's this vast, endless, infinite place where we can't find another earth. We can't seemingly find other life forms out there. But something is out there. We just don't really know what it is yet. <laughs> you know? And that's what Sun Ra was saying. Like something is there. There's other planets. They exist. Something. So there's always something. Yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us for, for some, some, some newer folks, newer listeners on the, on the Sun Ra, what, what are they going to listen to just to, just to jump in? people like to jump in so oh there's there's their direction i mean it's an intimidating question with sun ra i would say sun ra uh, is like i said so difficult to yeah. process because his compositions his compositions are hard like they're hard but i think first people should start with watching his movie called space is the place you can find it on youtube cool. um, for free Google Sun Ra Space is the Place. It'll be there. It'll help you understand him. And yeah. it's, it's, have you seen the movie? I haven't, but I'm, gonna, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch the that's movie. That's later on. It's later on today. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch it. So, you know, start with the movie because then you'll understand what he's talking about in his work overall. But I think, um, album wise music wise and i'm actually like i'm on my phone right now trying to like figure out the best complicated um, question maybe even yeah. more difficult. maybe it was more <laughs> difficult why is there something rather than nothing how do i start with sun ra how i didn't do you know that i had one that's more difficult that is so hard <laughs> um no i i think honestly so there is um a compilation album with some of his more melodic 
and easy to listen to songs. So it's going to be called, it's Sun Ra and his orchestra. And it was, it's um, Giles Peterson presents. So it's called Giles Peterson presents Sun Ra and his orchestra. And it's Giles Peterson compiled this album together. It's in two volumes and it's, it's um, laid out in a nice way so you can listen from start to finish and not feel so intimidated by him and help sure. listen to like the more easy to sit and That's listen use, to. It's useful as an yeah. entry point. You know, that was it's a it, useful yeah. entry point, but when you're ready to get into his complex compositions, Crystal Spears is an album that I really love, but it's it's not for everybody. <laughs> I can hey. ex- I can tell you that now. It's not for everybody. But Crystal, don't worry. Spears, the show the show is the beloved. Best. The podcast is beloved <laughs> enough for everybody. Sun Ra, yeah. <laughs> I you know Sun Ra. No, I I love I, I love that. And what you had to say, and I think about in terms of sound and in the yeah. whole universe and, and Sun Ra, and it goes back to my friend Larry in in uh, studying philosophy. Sun Ra, right. Sun Ra. I thought he, was he the- got it. I thought he, I thought he was the madman, my madman friend around the corner, but he was the one screaming the truth. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, Rebecca, before we uh, before we uh, let you go here, I just mm-hmm. wanted to give you the opportunity and tell folks how to, uh, if you could tell folks how to encounter the work that you do, your paintings, whether it be physical, in place, social media, yeah. website, that type of thing. So, as of now. Um, all of my artwork is currently in storage. I had to give up my studio. Um, I was dealing with like different environmental factors because it wasn't really like a, a secure place. Like it constantly had leaks and and yeah. like mold and stuff like that. But also, um, it it was a space where it was more of an art. Um, collective it was an artist collective so it was different artists in there i was the only person i was the only a black person and i was dealing with an angry white guy and oh his complacent wife and and then like a third person who was more like you know she kind of was just aloof about reality so it just wasn't a healthy environment right, for me where because right. it's like like they didn't realize how much they were differentiating me. And it's like, they could not see that this is racism. It's like, I would tell, I was very patient and kind about it, but it got to the point where I'm like, you don't know that you're racist. I'm going to just go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear about that. I know, but you know, but now my, 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 my art itself is in storage, but I have, my Instagram, which has some images on there. Um, so my Instagram is honeydew underscore milkshake. I have my website, which needs to be updated. There's some older works on there, but um, it's still like a nice way to kind of see some of the work. Like, you you know, there's the mermaids on there. Yeah. There's some images of deep space on there. Um, there's not many images of water on there, um, but but these are different ways to do it. I'm not currently exhibiting right now. So um can't tell you about seeing an exhibit, but those are some ways to Yeah. Well I just encountering encountering and, and I um like like I said, um uh visually uh drawn into to, to the universes there and I get quickly pulled in. I think, you know, honestly too, is from like I, I grew up and still am obsessive around like 
comic books and sci-fi novels. So for me, I always like to go somewhere else. Like, and I see yeah. that in your painting. I'm like, I want to be there because that's I know it's somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I like that. I like hearing that. I used to read comic books, not like superhero comic books, more like um, like Sandman and oh, um, like those oh. types. You know? Oh, you're 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 in fine territory. I read those. Yeah. I, but the problem is with me is that there is the the, the literary types too, and, and Neil Gaiman and 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 uh, Sandman, which I, I I do adore. I also read trashy comic books. Okay. I also read, I also read Archie. I also read the. I loved the, Archie. The, the, the bazooka laden uh, yeah. action ones. So yeah. I, I I get I get into them all. But no, yeah. yeah the I I now I've, you said Sandman. Now yeah. I'm like seeing you some can... of the celestials in your paintings, but um. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful universe. And of course, have you seen the show Sandman? The, the... Oh, I didn't know there was a show. Okay. So you read it. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you. So you've read it, but um, the adaptation came out on Netflix and there were 11 or 12 episodes. And I thought they were phenomenal and beautiful. Oh, yeah? But what is super cool is uh, the death character in the comics is in uh is a black woman oh interesting uh, in in ga in, in goth garb and she's a british uh actress and um anyways sandman the show uh Gotta check it out check it check it out um it was is a beautiful uh re rendition but um rebecca mills uh, your art making us think about all these uh all these different things. all That's these different like. types of things yeah <laughs> i got the I teacher like. in you um <laughs> I wanted to thank you so much for coming on to the show and, and really like kind of like great chat and, and learning a lot. And I got to go do the Sun Ra uh, movie you referred to it. and some of the other listeners are going to. But um, again, just wanted to uh, thank you for coming on the show and, and, and really just like letting us know what, you, what you're up to, what you're thinking thank about you. and some of those profound thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for reaching out. And I love the email that you sent where it's like, I'm obsessed with your art. I'm like, of course I want to be on your show. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what? <laughs> as I am enthusiastic, one of the things about getting 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 folks on, I think a lot of times uh, maybe we think that we're supposed to do it a different way. And because you can do things however you want to do things, it'd be like, that is awesome what I saw of you. Like, I can't figure it out or I understand it completely. I want to talk to you about it. So yeah. it, it's, 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 it's great that you've, uh, that you've done that and we're able to connect with you from uh, from New York over here to uh, the woods here in Oregon. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And uh, I'll totally be checking out um, a bunch more of your art and uh, big you. 2023 to you as well. Thank you so much, you too. Absolutely, take care now. You too. Bye. This is something rather than nothing.